0: turn in the Bible to so 1 John chapter 2, we are looking at verse 28 and we're not rushing through it because there is so much in it. And uh, I don't want to actually read verse 29 because it does convey a different thought, even though they are connected. Um, in verse 28, 1 John 2, 28, uh, the apostle John says, and now little children, remember again, that's talking to the whole congregation. He says, abide in him that when he appears, m- we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. Now, remember again that I spoke to you last time that one of the things that uh, we are motivated towards in that is love. Amen? That we, we make a decision to walk in love, and in fact, the more that we abide in Him, the more time we spend with love. Remember, God is love. That the more and more we walk in love. Amen? And we become perfected in love. And remember, we finished with 1 Corinthians 13, 8, that says, love never fails. If you, if you missed that one, catch it on YouTube. I want to move on today. <laughs> is that okay? All right. Uh, living this kind of victorious life is, is not only what gives us the confidence we need and help us not to be ashamed before him at his coming, but according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, our love for God does not go unnoticed either, with the Apostle Paul saying there, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And that is just let, let me let me comment on it a little bit. I want to get on to the next thing today, which is holiness, but I can't race through that one either. Okay, so let's go back here for just a minute. I want you to notice it says I has not seen, e- nor ear heard, which means nobody's ever seen anything like this. Nobody's even heard of anything like this. Are you are you getting see where he's coming from? He says, nor have entered into the heart of man. I mean, it has not even been in our imagination the things which God has prepared for those who love him. There are things that are waiting for us that we can't imagine. We have never dreamt of. People say, well, what's the point in loving God? There's a point. Here's the reason why. Amen. It never goes unrewarded. Whatever you do for God, God will always bless you back. And it's never equally, he, you know, for every one thing you give God, he gives a hundred back. You know what I'm trying to say? He, he is that, you know, he just as Satan does the exact opposite. He demands a hundred things from you and gives you one back. God does the exact opposite. Remember, they are opposites. And I'm not talking yin and yang and everything like Okay, all right. <laughs> all right? One is love, one isn't. Okay, can I say that? And love always gives, So God so loved the world that he gave. And he he continually gives the very best that he has. And in light of that, we can understand that, you know, as much as God loves us, when we love him back, it comes with reward. It comes with blessing. There are things that are, you have no idea what is waiting for you on the other side. And the next time the devil tries to, and this this is leading into the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is holiness. The next time the devil says to you, oh, what's the point? Remember this verse. Remember me screaming it at you. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) All right? Because the blessings that are waiting for you for doing the right thing, for fighting through when, when it's easier just to give in, are beyond what you can imagine. Are you all with me? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. I mean, it just hasn't even entered into the heart of man. It's just in our wildest imagination, we haven't come up with this stuff. This is where you go to heaven and your mouth opens for about a week. Okay? <laughs> you know, your jaw drops, and it takes about a week for it to get back up again. Amen. See, we all think we're gonna get there and it's gonna be boring and everything. <laughs> Let me burst your bubble in a good way today. It will not be boring. It will be, <laughs> And it will take us an eternity to get past all the things that God is talking about. And you know, that is forever. Amen? Amen. Now, let's move on. And to become perfect, becoming perfected in love towards both God and man, there's another benefit of abiding in Christ that is brought out in what I, Howard Marshall, says. And that is the Apostle John wants to encourage his readers to remain steadfast in their faith. And so he places before them the fact of the coming of Jesus as both a tremendous source of hope for the children of God and also the basis of an exhortation to holy living. Did you get that? He concludes, although the time of his coming is uncertain, the fact of his coming is certain. Amen. (laughs) We may not know when, but he is coming. Amen? In short, another attribute that comes from abiding in him and allows us not to be ashamed, but have confidence before him at the time of his coming, Excuse me, is holy righteous living that comes from doing what the Apostle John talked about again in 1 John 1, 1.7. And that is, we looked at this before, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If we stay in the light, that's what happens. Amen? There's a continual cleansing that takes place. Of course, none of this would be possible if not for what Jesus did on the cross to save us and redeem us. Amen? See, this isn't in the flesh. This is done in God. Apostle Paul says in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to spend some time here today, in verses 17 through 24, Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 24, beginning in verse 17, he, he says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, That's referring to those people who do not know God yet. Amen. In the futility of their mind. So, notice his his first thing is don't behave in the way he's about to talk about. Okay, (laughs) he's saying don't do bad things. All right, can I can I say it that way? Why? Because he's saying, listen, you 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 know you've been born again. You have been recreated. You are a different person now. You need to behave differently. This is one of the problems that we have. We are new on the inside, but the outside, it's a whole other deal, isn't it? Okay. (laughs) The outside is still in rebellion and, you know, the flesh didn't get saved. Did you realize that? That's why the flesh needs to be crucified because the thing didn't get saved. It wants to do all the things that you shouldn't do that leads you into trouble and leads you out of your blessing. Do you hear that? Amen. And so that's what the Apostle Paul, and that's why, you know, the Bible talks about living holy. It is not so that it, you know, this isn't God trying to cause you problems. This isn't God sort of, uh, how can I say this, Uh, taking all the fun of your life. Okay, this is not God taking all the fun out of your life. This is God trying to put some good stuff in. This is God saying, you have no idea what fun is. You hang with me for a while, and my goodness, the fun you have doesn't have a crash on the other end. You know, I'm trying, you know, I trying. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, okay. Come on, don't all act innocent of me. All right. I know, I know, you're in the world. You're not of the world, but you're in it. Okay, all right. <laughs> let, let me continue on here. Verse 18, did I finish with verse 17? In the futility of their mind, okay. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Notice this. Their understanding is darkened. See, this is in contrast to your understanding, which is enlightened. Okay? So he, what he's trying to tell us here is, listen, you might have all the, all the excuses for doing all the wrong things, but let me tell you what they're dealing with. Let me tell you why they are doing the things that they're doing. Why we need to have compassion on them and understand what they're doing and help them. Remember again, I, I'll keep saying this to you, you know, we are to love the sinner but hate the sin. Don't hate the sinner with the sin. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, it's easy to do that, don't. All right, we need to understand that they're two separate things. Yeah, but the sinner loves to sin, <laughs> okay? I know, I get it, that's why you pray for them. So that you take away that desire. Amen. Anyway, all right, let's continue, that's not my message today. He says again, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Notice something else that's really powerful. I need to switch these around a little bit so that you can understand why you can walk in holiness, in righteousness. They have their their understanding darkened. You have an enlightened understanding. Number two, they are cut off from the life of God. You are plugged into God. Remember we talked about you being the branch, him being the vine. Remember all that? Amen. You are plugged into God's life. And you have the life of God abiding in you to help you through things that the world has no idea exists. Amen. That's why, the, you know, remember again, I, t- I talked to you about Colossians. I think it was 113, somewhere in there, where it talks about, you know, the kingdom of darkness, the power that exists there. And you need the life of God to come against that power. You can't do it on your own because it is a spiritual kingdom. Are you all with me? Amen. So let's continue on here. He says again, having their understanding darkened, whereas yours is enlightened, being alienated from the life of God. You've got that. You have got the life of God in you. And he goes on to say, because of the ignorance that is in them. See, they don't know. You know. Stay with me. You can't say, well, I didn't know. Yes, you do. You come to this church, you know. Okay, <laughs> if you go to another church, we'll accept that. But if you're here, <laughs> hey, I, you know, I'm being fair. I don't know what all they're preaching. Okay, but I know what I'm preaching. I'm letting you know. You know, you can't pull the all I don't know that you know thing with God. And notice, he says, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. See, that's why the Apostle Paul, you know, prays and says that the eyes of your understanding are enlightened that your heart is enlightened. Amen? Now, verse 19, he says, who being, uh, being past feeling, now that actually, it, it doesn't make any sense here, but what, it's, what it actually means is having lost all sensitivity and don't care anymore about right and wrong. That makes more sense, doesn't it? Okay? See, there are some people that just don't care. You know why? They don't have the life of God in them helping them. You can only go so far and then you just, you know, throw in the towel. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen? And he goes in to say here, have given themselves over to lewdness, that is immoral ways and every kind of impurity, to work all uncleanness with greediness, which is defined as a continual lust for more. Yeah, let me stop there for a second. You know, we shouldn't be in that boat. Okay, that we're always wanting more. We need to learn to get to the place where we are satisfied with what God is blessing us with. And be satisfied until the next thing comes along. You know, we're not always looking for, well, what's what's new, brother? What's new? <laughs> okay? Let's get one of those because it's new. Okay? Don't do that stuff. You know, ma- make stuff last. You know what I'm trying to say? Hey, Amen? Get to a place where you are a good steward. And then God can say, listen, I can trust this person because they make the most out of everything I give them. And so then He is, he's is happy to bless you with more because you are uh, faithful over the little and then he'll make you ruler over much after a while much becomes little <laughs> you know because you grow and after a while you know what you thought was a lot isn't anymore things have changed and that becomes your small beginning for a great latter end and it and that's the cycle we're meant to be in the world goes in this cycle of their ha- you know what they have they lose and then they, they, they manage with that, and they lose that. And they, you know, they have to manage with less and less. And, it's a downward spiral. Where with us, it's meant to be an upward spiral. If you're faithful over the little, hence be faithful over the little. Amen. Squeeze the most out of it. Do the best you can. And I'll, I'll guarantee you, God will just push you up the next level. Amen. And can I say this? If you have that kind of mentality... Do you know what? Anything that you get, then you will use to the max. It won't be like one of these people. You know, today, and and this is off the topic for a minute, but I just want to say this. You know, today people buy stuff, they don't know how how 90% of the stuff works in it. It's just the newest thing, you know. I got to have that. Now, they built this and priced it because it does these hundred things. You only want it for the three things you want. To talk, to text, to take pictures, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it does all sorts of other things. But it's the newest thing, don't you know? Go get yourself one for about a hundred bucks. It'll do the same thing. Amen. Are you all with me? Getting back to that, I was not part. Of, anyway, all right. <laughs> he says in verse twenty, "But you have, but you have not so learned Christ." He's saying this is not you. Verse 21, this is getting to you now. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, which happens through the word, the spirit, and prayer. Did you get all three? A lot of people talk about the word and the spirit, but there's prayer as well. If you ain't praying, you ain't getting nothing. Amen? Even in the reading of your word, please pray. Because then the spirit of God will speak to you. Amen? And the spirit needs to lead you and guide you in things that you need his guidance with. And he says again here, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that now here we go, verse 22. Remember, we're talking about holiness. Ready? That you put off. I read all of that, so you know what to put off. (laughs) Okay? If I just read this, you'd go, put what off? Okay? Now you know. (laughs) Okay. He says that you put off concerning your former conduct, which is all the stuff he talked about. Okay, that he said, don't do this stuff, all right? And he says, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Notice, it grows. It is something that, if you leave it in your life, it will grow. You know, when you are weeding, you don't just cut the top off, you pull it out by the roots. You all know to do that, right? Right? You know, I'm just not cutting the top off. Okay. (laughs) Otherwise, come back to gardening 101 later on this evening. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No. You pull things out by the roots. Because, you know, if, and we know what's annoying when you pull something and you're trying to get it out by the roots and the roots stay and the rest of it comes off. Notice again, verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt. According, notice he says to the deceitful lust. Now, that's a combination of lust and deceit. You know what this is saying? It's the way we lie to ourselves to get stuff. Hello, okay? Deceitful lust are, are, you know, when we say, yeah, but we need it, and God says, you don't need it. But, but we need it. God says, you don't. That's a deceitful lust. Go check and see why you don't need it. Instead of insisting on it, because there might be something else, that is actually better suited for you than what you think you need. How many times have you got something and then found something else and thought, oh man, if I knew that I would have got that instead of this. That's why God was saying no, but no, you had to go get it. Now you got to try to work a way of, you know, working out so you can get that thing after all. Hello, that's a bigger road and more complicated. Amen. Just, you know, can I, can I just say this? If God says no to something, it's not because he doesn't want to have it. It's because there's something better for you. Do, do you understand the difference? Because the, the, you know, a lot of the church, will the way they preach, they say, well, you know, there's some things you just shouldn't have, you know, like talking about good things. No, he has given you every good and perfect gift. Amen? And for it to be good and perfect, it needs to be him letting you know which one you need that is good and perfect for you. Not what you decide. Because there's stuff out there, you know, you, you think you're getting the latest thing, and then a month later something else comes out. And you want that more than this. Now, what do you do? Exactly. All right. Could have waited a month. Be patient. That's what patience is about. It's not about doing without, it's about waiting for something better. Okay. All right. So, he goes on to say, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that, I'll get back to this in a minute, because I want you to see what context this is in. Verse 24, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you notice that? He's saying, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You need to renew your thinking. You need to renew your thinking to the fact that you have been recreated. Watch what he says. According to God in true righteousness and holiness. Not not in some sort of false kind of pseudo-righteousness. You know what I'm trying to say? Something outward that kind of, you know, people put on. Uh, grace and airs and everything else. You can see, you know, sometimes you can meet nice people that are very bad. No, really, they're nice. And they'll politely say no to everything. And politely insult you. And do everything politely. <laughs> it doesn't take away from the fact you've been insulted, taken advantage of. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, okay? See, those are, those, that's what we're not talking about. We are talking about things on the inside. We're talking about a godliness that come as a result of a new creation. Uh, in fact, you know, let me just take you back there and come back to this. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me show you where this is coming from. 2 St- Corinthians 5, verses 17 and 18. The Apostle Paul said that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that's all of you. Okay, I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up. I'm putting my hand up for you, okay? All right. If anyone was in, is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are put in a bag and kept when necessary. No, <laughs> it, that's what we do. We, we say, well, just let's hold on to it just in case. Don't, get rid of it, okay? It says, all things have passed away. Let them pass away. You know, it's like a person passes away. Your old things need to pass away. Bury it. Have a funeral service. Get rid of it. Amen. All right. And he says, behold, all things have become new. He doesn't stop there. Verse 18, the first part says, now all things are of God. Do you notice that? All things have, have passed away. All things. All things. Can we all say all things, please? Okay. All things that, are, that really matter. Not your flesh. Everything on the inside. Okay, remember righteousness and wholeness is before God. It's not outwardly, it's inward. Okay, in the inner man. All those things that really matter to God have become new. And notice, they're not just new, but they are of God. Do you understand the relevance of that? Because they are of God, they can meet God. Amen. Amen. They can have direct contact with God just like nobody else in the Old Testament could. Whenever they touch God, they died. <laughs> okay? It won't happen to you. You have something within you that has been recreated that is God. Oh, that's a big thought. Now let's go back. Okay. Okay, this is why I don't want to bring that, and then let's go back here. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind to that fact that you put on the new man. He's saying, Listen, you got one, put it on. Everything on the inside has changed. You need to put it on on the outside now. What, what are the things that you put on? Clothes. Okay, in the morning, just today. You did that before you came? Thank you. it <laughs> would have a problem. All right? You put on stuff. You know it was a decision you made. You know what color? You know, you didn't have to necessarily pray over it. Today I was, I, I, you know, apparently the color was that. Blue, green thing. I, I put on Purple. So somebody said, "Well, that's royal." I said, "Thank you. I missed it, but thanks." No. <laughs> no, no, listen. It's it's a decision you make. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't come and say, "What? Don't put that on." What is wrong with you? Today's blue. If that's happening to you, come to me and we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. That is not normal. Okay. So <laughs> that's weird. Uh, don't tell you're coming to our church either. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, listen, you put it on, don't you? You you take the clothes out of your closet and you put it on. In the same way that we dress ourselves naturally, we need to dress ourselves spiritually. Do you understand? And also in our manners and in the way we are going to behave today. Don't wake up and, you know, decide you're not going to behave well. Just because you have a bad night or, you you know, you have things happening, You have you need to let... Don't let that interfere with your relationships and the blessings that God have for you. Amen? More than ever, when things are going bad, you need to be good. You need to put on this. And you need to say, I will not reflect and react to all of this. Amen? You just have a praise in your heart and in your mouth, and you don't have to be silly about it, okay? <laughs> I'm just talking about have a smile on your, you know, have a smile on your heart. You need to be not need to be smiling out here, but on the inside, be happy, man. And don't be mad because somebody else got something good and you're just having a really bad day, okay? You want to slap him, you know what I'm saying? You've been praying for it for six years. They prayed for three days and got it. Oh, come on. Don't tell me that doesn't bug you. Yeah, amen. Okay, see what I'm trying to say? Don't let that stuff get in. Because it is as we keep a good attitude that it keeps the door open for things to come. And if it's been six years, can I just say this? Maybe it's the wrong thing. Just go back to what I said 10 minutes before. Okay, (laughs) and find out what it is that you need. Because you don't need that. Amen anyway. Thank you for that amen from over there. Okay. Notice he says that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in, uh, uh, I want you to notice this word, true righteousness and holiness. This is the kind of righteousness and holiness that is acceptable to God. This is the kind of righteousness and holiness that will allow us to stand before him unashamed. Oh, did you catch that? You missed it again. See, when we are standing before him, remember, let's go back, let's go back, let's go back. Remember again what he said, little children abide him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. The way that we can have confidence and not be ashamed at, you know, before him at his coming is if we are walking in true holiness and righteousness. That there is nothing fake about it. That he won't look at you, and you—you know—you're standing and going, "Well, I did really well. I didn't get, I didn't kick the cat. I didn't yell at my wife. I didn't—you know—I oh, didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't." Okay, we could go down the list. Let's stop. All right, you—you you come up with all of that stuff, and God looks on the inside of you and says, "No. You lived outwardly a good life, but when nobody was looking, you were doing other things." Hello. See, that's what happens. That's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing. They would dress white on the outside. They would pray long prayers. They would give loudly. They would do everything to be seen. And God said, you know what Jesus said? You know what? Whatever reward you get, whatever praise you get, lap it up. That's all you're getting. This isn't acceptable to God. None of those things are going to be waiting for you up there. They're all down here. Amen? So we're not talking about outward, we're talking about inward. And when you know you're doing the right thing in that way, when you know that you are walking in this true holiness and a true righteousness, family, the day will come when you're standing before him and he will smile. And he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That's, that's the day you're looking forward to. And this is how you want to get there. Amen? And to get there, we need to change the way we think, and therefore we need to change in the way we behave. Your behavior is changed when your thinking changes. Have you noticed that? Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen? And so we need to, we need to do that. We need to, you know, how we think about ourselves need to, needs to come from the Word of God. Don't try to come up with this stuff in your head, please. You need to go to the Word because, can I say this, no matter what you come up in, on the inside of you on your own, will never come anywhere close to the way God sees you, to what God has done for you, and to his expectations. I mean, see, he ha- you have his life, his righteousness, his holiness. There's a new creation on the inside of you that has potential that you, you can't even dream of right now. You know, this is a problem. We have really not got a revelation of what happened on the inside. We are still struggling to manage what's on the outside with what happened on the inside. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we judge ourselves according to our appearance. We judge ourselves according to, you know, you see a wrinkle and you go, oh, dear God, I'm getting old. <laughs> if it matters to you, pray for it. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It sh- that shouldn't be dictating to us how we feel and how we walk. And how we praise and worship God. <laughs> okay? Well, I'm praising you, God, but with less hair. <laughs> more wrinkles. So, you know, don't expect a lot. <laughs> okay? Don't do that. Because if we allow the outward things, and I could say other things, but I'm not. But if, if we allow those outward things to get in the way of our relationship with God, our communication with God. Our walking in the things that God says we should walk in. It will get in the way of all of our blessings and you will grow less. And remember, the, the negative things do grow on the inside. Remember, we talked about that before. We, must, we really need to get rid of those things. Stop looking on the outward, start looking on the inward. Start living your life from the inside out, not from the outside in. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, Let, let's continue. Let's, let's finish this off. There is a verse I want to take you to. Walking in holiness and righteousness has tremendous benefits, especially in the light of Psalm 24, verses 4 and 5. And I want to bring this to your attention as we conclude today. <coughs> it's not the last scripture, just okay. <laughs> it says here, He who has clean hands, this is Psalm 24, verses 4 and 5 in, from the New King James. It says, He who has clean hands and a pure heart, clean hands, and a pure heart. Did you get those two things? You're good on the outside and on the inside. You don't just have clean hands and when nobody's looking, okay? It says clean hands and a pure heart, okay? He he goes in to say, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol. You might say, well, I don't have any idols at home. Yeah, you know, we idolize things. Other people's houses, cars, whatever. I could keep going and I won't. Okay? Uh, Don't. All right? He says, nor sworn deceitfully. All right? That's lies. Verse five, he shall receive a nice pat on the head from the Lord and saying, That's really good. I'm really happy. Just keep doing it. That's all you're getting. No. (laughs) Because that's what we think. We just think, oh, well, we made the Lord happy today. No, listen, he shall receive blessing from the Lord. You know what it is to walk in the blessing? I remember, I think there was a movie once, I can't remember what it was called. It it was a person that just had good luck all the time. Okay, can I use this just for a second? I want to make a point here. Everything that they did, you know, if they forgot their umbrella and they, were, and they said, oh, no, it's raining. By the time they got outside, it stopped raining. And by the time they got, you know, they'd get in a cab and then it would start raining again. You know, the other smuck that followed them, you know, they had to stand in the rain. <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right? You know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, you, you live dry, they live wet, you know. I mean, you're just kind of, everything just worked out. You, you know, you, 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 you go to the train station and, and you think, oh no, I, you know, I don't have the little coin thing. And you look down and there's one sitting on the floor. You pick it up, put it in, you know, and you go, you know what I'm trying to say? Lucky life, you know. That's a blessed life. That's a blessed life. Where everything just, it's just there. God just prepares the way ahead for you. And don't take it for granted. Yeah, but it always happens. Yeah, (laughs) Only as you keep thanking Him for it. (laughs) Okay, Not when you take it for granted. Live a thankful life. I always keep saying that. It is the doorway to blessing. Amen? That is what this is talking about. He shall receive blessing from the Lord. Everything will work. Even when they're not supposed to, they'll work. Do you understand? Where it doesn't work for anybody else, it'll work for you. For that moment in time. And, I love this, this is here it comes, righteousness from the God of his salvation. You receive righteousness, you do what is right, and God will give you his righteousness. Do you understand the significance of that? It means that you walk right before God with his righteousness, not yours, which means it is absolutely perfect. Now do you understand why the Apostle John says, if we confess, if we acknowledge our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you know what you get in return? His righteousness. That's why you can go, you can approach the throne of grace in Hebrews 4.16. Let me just go there very quickly. This is what allows us to be holy and righteous. And do as Hebrews 4.16 says. And and that is in prayer as part of our abiding in him. When it says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Notice what kind of a throne it is. It is not a throne of judgment. Amen. To get to a throne of grace, you need to be honest. Can I say that? Okay, you need to acknowledge your sin. You need to l- tell God when you missed it, when, you, when you've done something wrong, and don't defend it. That's the problem. People defend their mistakes. Don't defend it. Do you hear me? Just say, you know, even if it's somebody that really miffed you, that did something really bad to you, be honest, just say, God, they shouldn't have done that. It was a very bad thing. I was only being good. Can I just, okay, just for a minute. I've been only good to them. I've always treated them fairly and well. And this is how they respond. It hurts. I'm sorry for being hurt. I'm sorry for getting mad. See how this works? I'm sorry that I allowed myself to go down that road. Forgive me. And please do something about them now. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> hey, listen. God said vengeance is mine. He will, you know, understand that he will look after things. There is a justice that is at work. People can't get away with doing the wrong thing on you, and then you forgive them, and then they get away with it. It doesn't work that way. You forgiving them puts you back in the right place with God. They still have a problem with God. God still has a problem with them. They still did the wrong thing. You forgiving them doesn't excuse them to continue doing the wrong thing. That's the mistake in our thinking. We think if we forgive them, then they are without, you know, there's no consequence. No, 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 no. You forgive them so that you continue in the blessing. You don't let their sin uh, become your sin. You separate yourself from their sin. Yes, they did a bad thing. It was wrong. It was bad. It was naughty. It was whatever. But that's them. Leave it alone. Amen? Amen? Move on and let God take care of the rest and he will. Trust me, he will. From experience, he will. Anyway, hallelujah. Let me conclude with this. In his commentary, Howard Marshall says that the thought here, listen to this, is of the confidence with which a person may enter into the royal presence And speak with the king without any fear. It is a natural confidence since it arises out of an existing relationship expressed in prayer. Abide in him. Remember? Such people would not share the fate of those who will be ashamed before Christ at his coming. With nothing to look forward to but judgment and rejection. That will not be you amen hallelujah let's have every head bowed every eye closed father we thank you today for your word and we thank you father for all the things that